Hey fam, hello, hello, hello. Family, I got a word. You already know. Y'all already know what I be coming here for. Because I got a word, okay? And this one, we just want a lot of the Holy Spirit just to move because I'm being obedient and I'm just coming here. So, let's just get it. And the Lord, he told me to go to... Romans 5. So we're going to go to Romans 5. And we're going to just let the Holy Spirit have his way. And the title of this chapter is Faith Brings Joy. Therefore, since we have been made right with God in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So because of what Jesus did, God now sees you as his child. Okay, he sees you as he sees his son. And when you believe in Jesus, right? It brings you this peace in the midst of chaos. It's the best time you'll see this peace. It's this peace that comes over you. And it's like, yeah, you know what's going on, but it don't matter. Because you know, as the scriptures say, if God is for me, who can be against me? Even this situation has to work for my good. So you have been made right with God. Because of what Jesus did. Remember that. Remember that. Hold on to that. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Remember when I told you that it was in the word, like a couple words back, and we were talking about not allowing our possessions to control us and us living for our possessions. Remember we were talking about that? And we was talking about how A lot of people's confidence comes from their achievements and things that they've done. But God wants you to have this confidence that comes from him. Knowing that you have this this joy and this peace and this glory that is waiting for you is a confidence that comes from your heavenly father that cannot be put into words. You walk around differently when you know that you belong to God. When you know that you are his child, you begin to walk different. You begin to talk different. You become as bold as a lion because God's word says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Like Jesus with the Pharisees, they would call Jesus everything but the son of God, right? They would call him everything but the son of God. And Jesus still was like, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. He would tell them, no, there is no devil in me. There's no demon in me. When they would say that he was demon possessed, he would stand 10 toes down in who he was because he had a confidence that came from heaven. And the Lord is saying he wants to give you this confidence that comes from him. You need this. This is for your next level is this confidence that he is about to bestow upon you. He said we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. 
and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So we're going to go look up endurance. Because it's what? It's power in that definition. That's why we're about to look it up. Endurance is the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. So if yes, the Lord says what you went through is difficult, what you were going through is difficult, but will you still endure? As you go through this situation, as you keep going without giving up, the Lord said is building something in you. Mm, I got a story for you. So I was out one day. And I was doing this Instacart order, child. I was doing Instacart. And it was pouring. When I tell you it was pouring, it was pouring. (laughs) And I remember getting to the person's house. And I was outside. And when I tell you it was pouring, like, my shoes were soaked, like, to the point where my feet were starting to get wet. And I had on some Uggs, child. So you you already know. So I remember being like, God, like, why does it have to be like this? Like, why? If I I was soaked. And this person had a, a pretty decent-sized order. Let me add that. And I'm like, Lord, I'm soaked. And he like, I'm like, why? And the Lord, he said so clearly to me. He said, I'm building your character. You'll never forget this day. So when you are on the other end, you will appreciate this person. You will understand. You will have compassion towards this person that comes to help you. You'll never forget this. This day has strengthened you. Because, you know, we want God to just give us what we want. And we don't really want to be prepared for what we ask for. We just want it because we want it. And we like, God, give it to us. You said you'll give it to us. You said ask and we will receive. Seek and we will find. I'm asking you and I came and I looked for you to ask for you. So can you give it to me, please? But the Lord be like, no, I got to get you ready for it. And when I tell you after the Lord said that to me, it just, it just made so much sense. A light bulb went off in me and I'm just like, yo, that's dope, Lord. Like, because it's true. I I cannot forget that day. Never could I look at somebody that's helping me and not have compassion. Never can I treat you badly because I remember what it was like. Being out in the soaking rain, getting soaked, getting drenched. I get back in the car. I'm cold because the air is on. But if I turn the air off, the car going to get all nasty, hot, and humid. So I got to ride cold, Lord. I'm soaked. My clothes is wet. And I still had to go do something else. But it strengthened my character. It strengthened me. And I believed God when he told me it was building my character. I was like, okay, because I thought I had a pretty decent character. But apparently I didn't because the Lord was like, ah, there's some other things we're going to do with you within this. But I say that to say this. It says, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. As you begin to allow the Lord to strengthen your character, and he teaches you how to be his child, you start to see yourself change. You start to see that the things that you used to be interested in, you're no longer interested in that. The ways that you used to act and the way that you used to treat people, you don't want to do that no more. Because God has shown you through the trials who you are really supposed to be, how you're really supposed to act, how you really are supposed to walk and talk. 
That's what God did. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for our for us sinners. Now, must people now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is ex- Especially good. Okay. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That's why God, he he like, come to me how you are. He wants to show you that I love you right now the way that you are. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And he did that for me because when I tell you, every time I go back to that first moment that the Lord, I first encountered Jesus. And how deep and I was in my sins, how nasty I was, how much darkness and, and just death and decay surrounded me. And he met me there. He told me he loved me there. He said I was his there. When the sight of me disgusted myself. But you look past that. See, what God does is he looks past what he sees at you right now. And he sees who you are. He sees who he has created you to be. And God says, I need you to stop looking at yourself right now. And I need you to focus on me. Because I will lead you into what I see in you. I will bring you to that expected end. He said, I will perfect you. Stop looking at yourself right now. Keep pressing on. You haven't obtained it yet, but you will. Let me tell you something. God is so good when he meets you in your sin. After you get done sinning, you try to hide your sins with some fig leaves. And he be like, come out. Where you at? Where you at? (laughs) What you doing? Did you eat from that tree I just told you not to eat from? And you be sitting there with the dried up fruit on your mouth. You like... Lord, well, it, it it wasn't my fault. The devil made me do it. He'd be like, ah, what did I tell you to do? I don't care what the devil said. What did I tell you to do? And then you'd be just sitting there with that shame and that condemnation. you head be down. You'd be like, I'm just so useless. I'm just disgusted. But then the Lord would be like, let's go make you some clothes. Come on. Come on. You my child. Look, come on. We about to go. We, we, we about to use this for your good. We about to use this for your good still. I just thank God because he, I know he done did that for me a couple times. He done caught me in the garden naked and nasty. And he like, <laughs> and he like, what you over there doing? And I'm steady trying to lie on the devil. Like, he made me do it. No, a daggone well, I knew what God told me to do. And I just did what I wanted to do anyway. And when God is so good and so patient that he like, No, he rebuked me and he told me what my punishment was, but he still helped me. And he's so good to me. And that's why I love him. Because listen, that shame will come on you. and You'll be like, I don't even want to go to him because I know he told me not to do this. But he said, come here anyway. He said, bring the shame with you. What you trying to hide with the shame for? Bring it with you. Tell me. Tell me you ashamed of yourself. The truth will set you free, child. But listen, because Jesus is the, the the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, who the son says free is free indeed. So if you get set, by, set free by the truth, you will be free. Just confess the truth out your mouth. Say, Lord, I'm naked, I'm nasty, and I'm ashamed. 
And I'm trying to hide my sins with a couple fig leaves. But I know you see me because I wasn't even supposed to know that I was naked and nasty until I did what you told me not to do. That's what you got to tell the Lord. But, <laughs> but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God has was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So it says, right, let's go back up. It says, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Let me tell you something. We all fall short to the glory of God. But when you truly have faith in Jesus and you are truly becoming a new creation in him, his blood saves you from the condemnation. Remember we talked about the woman caught in the act of adultery and they said the law of Moses says to stone her. But what do you say? That's what they asked Jesus. They said, but what do you say? Because it's all about Jesus. He is the fulfillment of the law. What are you talking about? <laughs> he said, mm, he started writing in the dust, writing, writing, writing in the dust. He said, all right, well, first one to cast the first stone is the one that didn't sin. Who ain't sin yet? And from the oldest, they started drifting off until it was just her and Jesus left. And then, listen, you know what he told her? He told her, he said, where where are your accusers? Can one of them condemn you? And she like, my Lord, ain't none of them here. And he said, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That get me, girl. That get me because I know I've been caught in a couple entanglements, in a couple of things. And the Lord be like, where are your accusers at? And I be like, Lord, I don't see none of them, but what you about to do to me? <laughs> and then he just told me, go and sin no more. And I be like, that's it? Because listen, he's so good. Listen, oh, I got to take you somewhere else in a second. But the Lord is telling you, he said, you come to me. I will do the same for you. Because there's something about the words of Jesus that when he tells you, go and sin no more, you not going to sin no more because that encounter you just had with him, it changes you. You don't want to do the things you used to do. And even if you 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 fall, because we know the righteous man falls, what, seven times? But he counted as righteous because he keeps getting back up. You still don't agree with sin. I still don't like sin. Even though I might fall short, I don't like it. it I, I agree that it's bad. And that's the difference between the first thing I think about is them LGBTQ people. And they be like, let us just do what we want to do. Let us love who we want to love. And and they miss it. They miss that. Yes, we're all sinners, right? But we don't want to indulge in the sin. They be okay indulging in the sin. And that's what's the difference. Because God's word is God's word. And either you agree with it or you don't. So, like, that's the best example I could give. Because... God made man and he made woman. And he made a man to be with a woman. Biologically. Okay? So, 
to to not agree with that and be like, okay, well, I'm a man that want to turn into a woman, and I'm a woman that want to turn into a man, and we can be together. Like, that's not the way God designed it. And you going forth with it is going against God's word. You're, yes, you might be struggling with some things in your life, but God wants you to bring those things to him too. He wants you to bring your your sins to him. And he wants to change you. But a lot of people want God to bow to them. And he ain't going to do that. Mm-mm. Child, let me tell you something. I right, Listen. Let me tell you something. He ain't doing that. I can tell you that one for a figgity fact. He ain't bending to you. And that's for regardless of whatever situation. If you, whatever you trying to do, God's not going to bend to that. Let me tell you something. Because I would be somewhere different if the Lord would bend to me and let me do my plans. Because I would be somewhere totally different. But every plan I had, listen, what they say, a man makes many plans, but God orders his steps child that's me that's just about me as i got mad plans but god be ordering these steps I, listen i had my little plan it was cute but i didn't get to do it <laughs> that's what be happening with me family i don't know about you for since our friendship with god was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies we will be we will certainly be saved through the life of his son Okay, so it says, for since friendship with God was restored by death of his son while we were still sinners, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So when you begin to die to yourself, because remember we were talking about dying daily, and be raised to new life with Christ as you follow the Holy Spirit in this new life that Jesus died to give you. You will certainly be saved through it because you are walking the walk that Jesus walks. You are talking the talk that Jesus used to talk. You are doing the things that Jesus used to do. Is he going to lead you astray? Not certainly not. So if you give your life to Jesus and you begin to walk with him, right? You're going to into the same glory he was entering into. When you get to where Jesus got to, when you get to that perfected end that Jesus got to, right? You're going to see God and you're going to be like, he's going to see you. And he's going to be like, well done. Because he sees his son. You live the life of his son. He only sees you as his child. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. So how we would see Jesus always go off to go pray. You can do that too. As we've seen Jesus have compassion on people, you can do that too. As we see how Jesus would just be quiet and wouldn't react, but respond sometimes. And sometimes people wasn't even worth his words. He wasn't even about to say nothing because he knew who he was. And he wasn't even about to even try to even explain to them. Remember when the Pharisees were asking for a sign? He like, I ain't about to do that because the signs is all around you and you refuse to see it. That's why he wouldn't give them no more signs because they would see what he would do and they would still let their hearts be hard. So he's like, I ain't about to do nothing for you. What you want me to do? My father already confirmed when I came out the water that I was his dearly loved son. What else did you want? But matter of fact, when you see the sun rise again, that's how you going to know. <laughs> matter of fact, the Lord, he didn't, he, he wasn't, uh, what's that word, Lord, that I'm looking for? He delayed self-gratification. 
Although he had the power to show right in and there that he was God. He is who he said he was. That he didn't do it. He didn't make himself equal to God. He still humbled himself. Even though he very well could have been out down here. Doing what he wanted to do because he's God. He still humbled himself. Remember when they gave him the pilot? And pilot was like, he told pilot, he was like, listen, you ain't got no power over me unless it came from above. He was doing his father's will. He was in the garden sweating like great drops of blood saying, Lord, can this cup of suffering pass for me? But nevertheless, not my will, Lord, but yours. He was in there praying to his father. He didn't want to do it, but he still did. He still did the will of God. Okay? He didn't try to switch up, but he fulfilled the scriptures. You understand me? He did things to fulfill the scriptures. He knew what it was going to cause, and he did it anyway. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace, his gift of forgiveness to many through his, uh, this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of the one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. Even though we are guilty of many sins, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it. It will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Their part. When you receive God's son, you receive his gracious gift. God's gift is so gracious, which was the precious blood of the lamb, child. Oh, God, that I can still come to you, even though I'm really not worthy of it. It, The blood makes me worthy of it. Oh, my God. My God is so good. Even though you're not worthy, God's blood makes you worthy. The blood of Jesus makes you worthy. Okay, because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in the eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So people live under the law and 
they sin still. But they will go and they would give their, their offerings, their burnt offerings. They would sacrifice the, the, uh, their animals and whatnot to God. They would, they would come and be cleansed, right? But it was only to foretell that Jesus was going to come and be the end all be all to our sacrifice. He was our sacrifice. The blood of Jesus is our sacrifice. It cleanses us, right? So as people throughout the the old covenant with sin and sin and sin and only led up to Jesus coming and cleansing us once and for all of our sins. No longer do we have to be under the old covenant and be going and sacrificing rams and all of that. But now we have the, the purest lamb, the lamb from God. We have his one and only son. And that's why it says whoever believes in him, John 3, 16, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. When you believe in Jesus, you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life when you believe in him. I was reading yesterday when God was talking to Cain and Cain he had um, a hard heart towards God. That's how I would put it. And, you know, Abel was doing what he was supposed to do. He was giving his sacrifices to the Lord. He would give him the best. And then Cain would be like, here, take that little bit right there. You can have that. I ain't about to give you my best because then what I'm going to have. That's the kind of attitude Cain had. And God wouldn't accept it because of Cain's heart posture. He wouldn't accept what Cain was trying to give him, but he would accept Abel's because he seen Abel's heart. He seen Abel gave him the best, right? So then the Lord still came to Cain and he still said, listen, if you do what's right, I will accept what you, what you are giving me. But if you don't do it, he said, I won't accept it. And he was like, but watch out. Her sin is at your door. It's crouching down at your door. It's eager to control you. But he said, you are to subdue it and be its master. You are to tell your flesh what you are going to do. Don't let your flesh rule you, but you rule your flesh. That's what God was saying. And a little bit after that, what can he do? He murdered his brother. But God gave him a warning. He said, do what is right. You know what is right. Do it. Because sin is crouching at the door. It wants to control you. But I, I, I'm telling you to subdue it. If God told Cain to subdue it, that means he gave Cain the power to subdue it. That's what it means. It means that Cain could have overcame and not murdered his brother. But he allowed sin to take hold of him. And the Lord is speaking. He said, I've given you the power to defeat the sin in your life. He said, now defeat it. Yeah, it's at the door. It wants to control you. But I told you to subdue it and be its master. You tell sin what you want to do. You don't let sin tell you what to do. You tell sin what to do. Right? So I want to give you one more. Um, Give me a second. Um, uh, 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 what Bible verse am I about to go to? John chapter 9. Let me go to John chapter 9. My God, so good. 
a verse. Then we go to verse 35. When Jesus heard what happened, he found the man. Okay, so above, he had healed a man that was blind. And then the Pharisees refused to believe that he was blind. They refused to believe that that he was born blind. They had an attitude. And then they, they let themselves be puffed up in pride that they wouldn't even receive what the man was saying to them, even though he was speaking facts, right? And it said, um, do you believe in the son of man? The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus replied, and he will be, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord. I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. So Jesus said, he's come. He's know you're blind. He knows you're blind, and that's why he came. He came to, to render judgment. He came to give you justice. He came to let you see. Okay? It reminds me of the parable of the wine. The old wineskins and the new wine. Like you can't put new wine in old wineskins. You have to put them in a new wineskin. Because if you put them in the old wineskin, it's going to burst. And it's the same thing with what what God has given us with Jesus. Versus staying under the law and being held captive to the law. Because you cannot fit what God is trying to do in your life into the old wineskins. But you got to have the new wine. Because all that God is trying to do cannot be contained in that old wineskin. It's going, you're going to burst. It's not going to work. But if you allow the Lord to fill you, if you allow him to give you a new, make you into a new creation and fill you, you will be built for it. But people still want to be bound. People just keep on saying this old wine is okay. But we try to give you this new wine. Okay. We try to give it to you. That's what the Lord's saying. He's saying, we try to give you this new wine. The new wine is, 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 is the, it's my blood. What he say during the communion? He said, "This is my blood." Which for what? For the new covenant. Listen, his blood that was poured out for you. That's what he's trying to fill you with. But some people are like we just want this old wine over here. We just want to stay here in this this old covenant. But listen, let's just keep going. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked him, "Are you saying we're blind?" If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. So the Lord is saying, you know, if if you're a sinner, you know, I can I can I can deal with a sinner. Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Okay, so let me bring it to you this way. Under the old covenant, it condemns you. You see your sins. And then some people they don't understand that you have to come to Jesus to be cleansed in his blood. Right. But if you admit, Lord, I'm blind, he'll give you what you need to see. He'll give you himself. He is the light. He will light up your path so you can go. Right. His word is like a lamp that guides our feet. Right. We are able to walk with God when we can see. But when we are blind, all we see is darkness. All we are in is darkness. But when you say, Lord, I can't see, that's when he'll be like, okay, you get it. I, now you see what I'm seeing. You can't see, but I can take you to where you're trying to go. So what I want to ask you is, 
Are you blind or do you think you can see? Because let me tell you something, I be as blind as a bat. Child, I'm quick to the Lord, I can't see. <laughs> but when you humble yourself and when you admit, I can't see. I can't see, Lord. I can't see. Because he said you won't be guilty if you admit you can't see. If you if you really can't see that you are in sin, the Lord's saying, that won't make you guilty. But if you claim you can see, that's what's going to make you guilty. If you claim that you can keep all the law, that's what's going to make you guilty. Because my blood is here to set you free. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray and then we're going to let the Lord, if you want to say anything else, the Lord won't say anything else. Father God, in the name of Jesus... Lord, I'm coming to you, Father, humbly, Lord. Thanking you for today, Lord. Thanking you for the breath in each and every one of our bodies, Lord. I'm thanking you for your blood, Lord, which was poured out for us, Father God. Lord, I'm praying for this child, listening to this word, that they shall receive you, Jesus, in your fullness. That they don't shrink back from you, Lord, in their sins, but they come out for you to see them, Lord. And to be cleansed and to be washed and to be made new in your blood, Lord. Your word will not return back void, Father God. That's why I'm praying for your child right now. To admit that they are blind, Lord. So they can see. I'm praying, Father God, that they get new wine. That you give them the new wineskins, Lord. I'm praying that they will be able to hold what you are trying to do in their life, Father God, by the cleansing of your blood, Lord. I'm praying that they stay in your word, Father, which is truth, because it will set them free, Lord God. Lord, I just thank you for what you have done for us. I thank you for coming to get us, Father, while we are still deep in our sins, Lord, to show us what true love is. I thank you for your redemption, Father. I love you and I praise you, Lord. And it's in your name that you get all the glory, Lord. Father God, thank you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Whew, let me tell you something. He good, y'all. He good. He good. He's good. And if he can come and get me, if he can come clean me up, child, I know. I knew he'll come and get you. I know he'll come and get you because I was dirty, child. I was filthy. Listen, my sins was just piled up. And guess what he did? He came and he blessed me. He came up to me one day and he just talked to me. And as he talked to me, I knew the words that he said was true. And you know how he talked to me? I would open up his word. And I knew what he was saying was the truth. And I began to admit that I was a sinner. I began to admit that I was blind. I began to admit admit that I didn't understand. And as I did, he gave me fresh oil, child. He gave me that fresh oil. He gave me that new wine. He cleansed me. Mm-mm-mm. Let's go to Ephesians 5 real quick. 
I want to show you something. Because this is what he did for me. Um, verse 25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. And that's what he did for me. He gave up his life way before I was even thought of. So I could be cleansed. So when when he shows me off, you see him. You see holiness. You don't see me. You see him. He covers me. Jesus. Oh, he covers me. And I thank him for that. And he'll do that for you. It's nothing that I did to deserve it. He just did it. He just showed up. It's nothing I did, okay? If it was something I did, I would have told you. It was nothing that I did. It's what he did. It's he decided to create me. He decided to create you because he simply wanted you. Because you are his. You are his masterpiece. He created you. Because he wanted you. Not for the world to have you. Not for you to be for the streets. But for you to be for him. That's why. So family, I'm going to let you go, okay? But just remember, you already know, I love you so, 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 so much. But most importantly, Jesus loves you. Bye.